Hey, I'm Ben Hood. And I'm Rebecca Hood, and we are in Jupiter, Florida, and we have been married for 18, 18. years yes. this June, and we are practicing the art of spousing, and how do we do that? So we we go away every year for our anniversary. We think it's really important, um, something that really needs to be celebrated way more than an actual wedding day and way more than a two-hour dinner. So we spend our anniversaries away, sometimes yeah. for multiple days. And sometimes we just borrow a pop-up camper and a truck because it was our first anniversary and we're poor, but it's not the place it's who you're with. Hey, and welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast. I'm James. I'm Lisa. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. Ben and Becca Hood, you all are rock stars. Thanks for kicking off the show today. Ben and Becker are a creative power union and a beautiful marriage work of art. This couple has navigated some unique twists and turns in their marriage journey, truly creating a masterpiece of their married life. If you're new to the show, you may want to know at the beginning of each episode, we feature a marriage work of art. We also post their videos on Instagram and Facebook at Art of Spousing. If you and your spouse would like to kick off the start of the show for us, you can email us a short selfie style video at hello at artofspousing.com or direct message us on Instagram at artofspousing. Introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, how many years you've been married, and then share that you too love practicing the art of spousing. Yeah, the reason we're doing this podcast is to provide a source of encouragement for your marriage. Our hope is that it will continually stretch you to grow your relationship from ordinary, mundane to a masterpiece level. We've discovered that marriages we find inspirational and worth modeling our relationship after have been intentional in crafting their relationship in order to have a vibrant, thriving marriage. Today, we're going to be talking about or the culture. Is it art or is it science? Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. It's both. Just like marriage, there are principles to understand about growing things that apply to every plant form, but the way those are expressed and the health of the plant is dependent on the practices of the gardener. We're going to offer some insights that help your art of spousing grow right after this. Are you looking for that one thing that will be the game changer for your marriage? We believe that all of us desire a marriage marked by deep connection, abundance, unity, and passion. But at times, it can feel like our relationship is stuck in the routine of the mundane. Intimacy can get crowded out by the pace and demands of everyday life. It's not uncommon to feel trapped by one's circumstances. Can you relate? If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. We offer the Marriage Reboot Retreat by Married for a Purpose. This is a private, two-day intensive experience for you and your spouse to work exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days to identify where you've been, define where you currently are, and discover where you want to go together. The Reboot Retreat is designed for a wide variety of marriages. Whether you're in crisis, a struggling marriage who needs a unified vision, or you just want to go from good to great or maybe somewhere in between. If you would like to find out more about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with myself and James and we can tell you all about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram or Facebook at Artispousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. We've all heard the phrase falling in love. 
It's pretty common to describe the feelings and emotions of when we first met our spouse, James. You fell in love. That's right. With me within the first week of us meeting. That's true. I it did say I was going to marry you. I know. It was a little weird. I don't recommend that, but it was true. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to feel about your emotion being so intense so soon. But every time you tell the story of falling in love with me at first sight, it has maintained the same details for nearly 30 years. So I do believe that that's, that's exactly what it happened. It was true. Recently, we heard the phrase, we grow in love, not fall in love. Yeah. We both may have fallen in love many years ago, but that is not what has sustained us and or deepened our relationship. We've been intentionally growing right. in our love for each other over the course of our 29 years of marriage. That's right. So there's a lot of science that shows shows what happens when two people quote unquote fall in love. The brain releases this hormone called oxytocin, which is affectionately called the, the love, love drug. drug. I love that. <laughs> so in this initial stage of a relationship, the couple is literally intoxicated and can't see anything wrong with each other. It's so cute. It is cute. But in time, they come off the high and reality sinks in that a thriving marriage takes real work. It's so true. We've seen it in young married couples we've experienced in our own life. So there is a cultivation that takes place for our married lives to produce the fruit we want to see in our relationship. The seeds you plant today will determine the marriage you have tomorrow. I love that. In Galatians, the sixth chapter, it talks about this principle of sowing and reaping. Starting at the end of verse seven, it says, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good for in proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. I love that. Of course, this applies to so many areas of our life, but as we look specifically at the marriage relationship, it is rich with insight and instruction for us. It's important to remember that our marriage relationship is both physical and spiritual. The spiritual bond is often overlooked due to how culture, our culture, our modern culture, shapes the understanding of the marriage relationship. That's right. Most marriage ceremonies mention it about the spiritual and physical bond that yeah. happened the day of the ceremony, but the every day after the ceremony, it gets lost. That's right. Our spiritual connection will outlast our physical connection. This could be an entire podcast yeah. episode in and of itself. But knowing, or at the very least, growing to understand that there's a spiritual foundation helps frame this verse for us. Right. Planning in the right way with the right practices in the right time will produce a harvest of love in every season till death do us part. That's so good. I like that. As you were talking, I had a few thoughts that came to mind about this idea of sowing and reaping. First of all, the thought that God transforms small seeds into big trees. So there are things that we do in the natural that God transforms in the supernatural. Love it. That's so cool. I also was thinking that we don't always sow and reap in the same season. There are seeds we're going to plant early on in our marriage mm -hmm. that we may not reap the fruit or the plant or the tree of that, the blessing of it until another season in marriage. And then the last thing I, I was thinking is that the kind of seeds that we plant will determine the kind of plant or fruit that we experience. If we're sowing healthy seeds, things that are bringing health, then we're going to reap health. If we're planting seeds that produce unhealth or that aren't producing health, then the plant or the fruit that we're going to produce is going to be unhealthy. The kind of seeds 
that we plant will determine the kind of plant or fruit that we experience in our marriage. So it's important that we're planting the right kind of seeds. So a good question to discuss together with your spouse is what kind of fruit do we want to experience in our marriage? If you start with the end in mind, you can determine what it will take to make sure that your marriage moves in that direction. That's right. I know that there have been couples that have been out ahead of us that have helped us begin with the end in mind. And that's a great thing to keep in mind as you are making decisions about what it is you're planning, but really what kind of fruit are you wanting to see? That's That's great. That sets us up because we're going to talk about three truths around this idea of sowing and reaping that will give you some practical handlebars for either identifying ways you are sowing and reaping fruit you desire or ways you may inadvertently be sowing seeds, producing a fruit that you never actually wanted. That's right. I love that. So it's either by design or by default. And so we really want to sow seeds by design. So we have a marriage that is what we're looking for. So the first truth that we want to talk about is this idea of focusing on the root and not the fruit. So many couples want the image of marriage, the fruit of it, but they don't understand that to get the fruit, you actually have to have a healthy root. If you focus on a healthy root, the fruit will be... So a healthy root would be identified by strong character, vibrant, relational, spiritual, emotional, physical, and sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. I also know that a strong root system would show up in a couple's communication. So the bottom line here is that a healthy root is going to consistently produce healthy fruit. So some practical ways we have applied this truth of focusing on the root, not the fruit, is we pray together in the morning. We're sowing seeds into our spiritual life together. That is focusing on the root. Right. We have morning minutes. I love my morning minutes. I know you love your morning minutes. And in that, we are tending to the root of intimacy, right. time together. Practicing presence together. That's correct. So we are focusing practically on the root, not the fruit that's going to come from that, but the mundane parts of it that make a masterpiece. Actually. That's right. That's, that's right. True. A side note, sex is not the fuel of a good relationship. It's the expression or the fruit of a good relationship. That's right. So good. So when we're investing Investing in our intimacy and conversation, we are investing in the fruit of a healthy sexual relationship. So it's impossible not to drag around the character and the quality of our relationship into a moment of nakedness and vulnerability. If you right. don't have good character, you're not focusing on the root of your relationship. It's going to show up in the fruit of everything, communication, our relational dynamics, our physical dynamics yeah. and intimacy. It's going to show up there if we're not focusing in on the root. That's so good. So a second truth about sowing and reaping is it requires a growth mindset. What we find is too many married couples get fixed in their mindset. What we mean by that is a fixed mindset gets stuck in the way things are. There's potentially a complacency that comes with a fixed mindset. Couples who are in a fixed mindset fall into a pattern of doing things the same way at the same time, never stretching themselves to do new things, learn new things, or experience new things. So embracing the growth mindset as a couple is going to open you up to new discoveries about each other and how to love each other better. And it will create a desire to be the best version of yourself for your spouse. So let me throw a few practices that can help you fertilize a growth mindset in your marriage. Do you see why I did there, Lisa? I see that. Yeah, That's awesome. That's pretty, get it. Okay, I, get I get it. it. Okay. I see you. So here are 
for you to have a growth mindset. You can read a book with tools to strengthen your marriage. I'm going to put links to several books that we found helpful in the show notes that you can use to read together and grow together as a couple. Another way that you can develop a growth mindset is you could do an assessment together. We personally love the Enneagram tool and we've learned so much about each other and it's helped us grow in our understanding and love for each other. But there are other ones out there that can help you cultivate conversation and growth. Another thought is getting a small group with other couples, being around people who are farther on their marriage journey than you, and some that are even younger than you are going to help you think differently about your relationship. Here's a couple of more. Go to a marriage retreat. There's a lot of great opportunities that you could go away for a couple of days and just replenish and refresh your marriage. Maybe you want to hire a marriage coach. Maybe there's some areas in your marriage that you want somebody to give you a practical application, some mm-hmm. practical plans and how to do that. All these are activities that will help you develop a growth mindset. In the very fact that actually you're listening to this podcast. That's right. Or maybe there's other podcasts like this one is a growth mindset activity. James, I love what you said that a growth mindset can actually be a stretch. Yeah. And the stretch for you and I may not be the same as a stretch for someone else, even that's been married the same amount of time as we have. But we have recently been navigating with a young couple Mm -hmm. who they are not in community together with anyone. That's right. They are in isolation. So they have their independent friends, but those independent friends never come together and they do not have couple friends. Yeah. It would be a stretch for them to go and make community, to go be a part of a small group, Mm -hmm. go to church, make friends, stretch yourself socially together. The truth is that is so imperative for this young couple. We can see the train coming right? that's going to hit them and hit them hard if they don't stretch in this way. So the truth is all of us, whatever season of life in our married life we're in, there's some stretching that we need to do to stay in a growth mindset, to always be growing, intentionally growing in our relationship together. We were just recently doing dinner with a younger couple Mm -hmm. and they were asking all sorts of questions about our marriage. Right. So they were learning from us. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we're learning from them because we've been married a long time and we don't want to be complacent in our relationship and how we're loving each other. At the same time, we're trying to get around people who are farther along Mm -hmm. in their marriage. I mean, 30 years is a long time, but somebody who's been married 45 or 50 years, like some of our friends that we try to get around, we're going to grow and we're going to learn and know how to, in the next season of life, how to do that. So having this growth mindset is really important. And what you're sowing into that Mm -hmm. is going to produce what you're going to reap out of that in your marriage. You cannot underestimate all of the things that you just gave in a bullet point list for them to do. Yeah. For all of us to do. That's good. Okay, so we actually aren't very good horticulturalists. That's right. Is that, did I say it right? Horticulturalist. It's a hard word to say. (laughs) It is, but we're not really good at that. Like our daughter would laugh at us if she knew that we were even pretending that we understood this. But the truth is, everyone knows this, is that you have to take weeds away from plants and you have to feed plants the right thing. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this, speaking of our daughter. So that'd be the third truth is that you have to weed and and you have to feed, right? That's right. As I was mentioning earlier, our daughter is a green thumb. Yes, she is. We have black thumb. She has a green thumb. She was in town recently. She has amazing skills around in this area. It comes naturally, but she also is a well-studied plant girl. Yeah. We had a couple of walks where I learned so many things about plants that were just around our neighborhood. I noticed a really cool vine and made mention of it. She stated, mom, that's a weed. See those little curly cues around that? 
those actually grab the other branches and vines and choke the life out of them. I did not know weeds could look this cute and kill other things, but it's true. It was just creeping up alongside a bit tricky. I believe that's true of our relationships. Even if you focus on the root and if you have a growth mindset, these weeds can creep in and actually choke the life out of your relationships. We need to aggressively look for the weed, even if it looks cute and has curly cues, and pull it and seek to feed the things that will foster growth in our lives together. Yeah, it's so true, Lisa. I love this thought. I recently read that for marriage to be healthy, you must have a destructive and a constructive zeal. Mm. Destructive in the weeding process, you're going to destroy the weeds, but then constructive in the feeding process, you're going to feed the things that you want to last. Let me give you a few of the many weeds that need to be weeded out of your marriage, and then we can talk about what needs to be fed into your marriage. That's good. As we're talking about weeding and feeding, you may have some weeds that come to mind that you and your spouse have actually pulled out destructively, ruthlessly got rid of, and you're feeding different things. We would love to hear from you. So please share with us on at Artist Spousing on Insta or Facebook all that you're learning because we'd love to learn with you. That's great. So here's just a few of what we have learned together. Weed competition feeds celebration. We know this unhealthy competition in marriage places us against each other rather than for each other. Mm. It leaves us saying, when am I going to get mine? And when is it going to be my turn? Right. As a young stay-at-home mom, I at times struggled with this attitude of competition. I knew better than to verbalize it because I knew it sounded selfish if I said it out loud. But there were these selfish thoughts in my mind that shaped interactions with you, James. Back then, when I was a young mom, you were leading worship and you were big stuff. Everybody knew (laughs) who you were. We would go to restaurants and they're like, oh, that's Pastor James. He's an amazing worship leader. We really couldn't go anywhere without being noticed. And there were times I did not internally or externally celebrate you in that season because I was in competition with you. I was secretly in competition with you because I was at home wiping bottoms, making dinners, all the people had opinions about what kind of food I was making and I was breaking up bad behavior. You were winning and I was losing, but you didn't even know we were in a competition. Now, when I look back at that, I was like crushing the motherhood game. Yeah, you were. But I was so focused on what I wasn't getting to do. And I was such in a competition with what you were doing and I wasn't getting to do that I inadvertently became very competitive with you and it started shaping how I perceived our interactions and our relationship. We finally processed through it and we made headway because I was able to verbalize it. But I just remember feeling this need to compete with you and you didn't even know it. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that you were in competition with me at the time. But after we processed it and you shared how you were feeling, it empowered me to be careful with language that excluded you from conversation. It also was a turning point for me to be more deliberate Mm. in feeding celebration. So I looked for ways to celebrate the tremendous value you were adding to our family and also to celebrate and champion your passions and your dreams and the things that you had for yourself and making way for that. When we feed celebration in our relationship, it does a few things. It cultivates encouragement. Mm -hmm. It inspires creativity. It also creates a high growth culture for our relationship to flourish. And one of the things that we often say in different settings is a win for one is a win for all. And so if we have that kind of mentality for each other in our relationship, that Lisa, when you win, I'm winning. 
And when I'm winning, you're winning. Right. And it's not about us competing for our priorities or competing for our dreams, mm-hmm. but we're actually championing and celebrating each other's dreams and moving forward. Yeah. I appreciate that when I verbalized, when I got the courage to do that, I verbalized, it actually shifted one, your language to celebrating me more and finding ways to position me to, to thrive in leadership or whatever else I was doing outside of motherhood. Yeah. But in addition to that, I was able to celebrate you more because it released me from being in this competition with you. And so I love that. The next is weeding, complaining, feed gratitude. So weed, complaining, feed gratitude. Another way we could say this is we're going to weed criticism and we're going to feed appreciation. Yeah, that's good. Complaining cultivates this negative environment. It is ultimately circling the drain of our married life and just zaps all energy out of it. Complaining and its fruit of negativity is a hardy weed that is hard to destroy. Yeah. It is a nasty habit that grows continuously through every season. If you do not destructively, like you mentioned, pull it out because it keeps coming back with a vengeance. If we don't replace it with gratitude. So yeah, it doesn't good. do good just to pull it out. We have to replace it. In Philippians 2, 14, it says, do everything without murmuring or complaining. You know, sometimes we think murmuring and complaining is a productive form of communication. I've yet to hear of negative complaining or murmuring producing productive conversation or a change in human behavior. Most often we complain about petty, trivial, unimportant things, crowding out the potential for helpful dialogue that produces the outcome that we actually are wanting to see in our relationship or our spouse. A rule of thumb, green thumb. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Is to ask yourself before saying anything in light of eternity, does this matter? Yeah. If the answer is no, you know what to do. Shut your mouth. Right. And shift your thinking. If the answer is yes, it really does matter. It should be given adequate time for you to process on how you're going to approach this really prayerfully, thoughtfully, intentionally. Complaining is a sign of fixed mindset. We talked about this earlier. It is a sign of a fixed mindset. It is small and narrow-minded thinking. This is a hard truth for some of us that we need to hear. This is not isolated to one gender or the other. It is a human condition. That's so good. So we pull the weeds of complaining, but then we need to feed gratitude. In First Thessalonians 5.8, the Apostle Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. Let me throw some science that will amplify why this admonishment from the Apostle Paul is so important. Studies have shown that expressing gratitude for your spouse strengthens your marriage. Being thankful is actually associated with increased long-term happiness in marriage. Being thankful can also have a healing effect when there are rifts in a relationship. Gratitude can help a person reframe negative experiences in a more positive light, giving a more hopeful outlook on the marriage. And then we'll all love this. Showing and receiving gratitude is associated with much more satisfying sex in marriage. Come on, somebody. Oh my gosh. It always comes back to that. Okay. (laughs) There you have it. Scientific proof. Gratitude produces fruit we all desire in our married life. Weeding, complaining, and feeding gratitude can be a hard habit to establish. I have had to mentally make note of areas to shift. So maybe there's one area that came to your mind that you know that you're complaining a lot about and that you can start there to start feeding gratitude. One choice, one small thing to start changing, establishing a different habit behavior. I love it. And you can just simply say thank you to one another when something happens. 
We could reduce it down to that, James. We so can. Good. So, so good. Yep. Well, let me throw one more weed and feed in the mix. We should really weed selfishness and we should feed servanthood. Mm. Selfishness is a weed with a huge root system and the strength to suck the life out of a marriage. Oh I'm not sure that we ever eradicate selfishness because of our sin nature. However, we can work on weakening its destructive force by committing to serve one another in small ways on a daily basis that will compound and build health in our marriage. You know, James, I've heard it said it takes seven years for a married couple to root out selfishness. Mm. I would not let this be discouraging, listeners, but this allows you to know it just is a process and it's in our nature. So look for ways to serve each other daily. I may have extra time in the morning and I would say to you, James, hey, can I get lunch ready for you? And you've often taken my car and drove it to work just because you noticed it was low on gas and you wanted to fill it up with gas. That's right. We are looking for ways to serve one another. And that actually sowed seeds of health into our relationships. That's good. As married couples, we need to establish a culture for growth throughout our marriage, not just in a season. Tending to and shaping our marriage into the work of art it's designed to be. Yeah. Marriage really is a long-term exercise in gardening, which I like that word much better than horticulturalist. Yeah. (laughs) You have a hard time saying that. I do. So let me wrap up this episode. When it comes to physical plants, like we said, Lisa, you and I definitely do not possess green thumbs. No. But I'm 100% confident when it comes to marriage, if both you and your spouse commit to sowing health into your relationship, you will reap health, and vitality. You know, we would love to hear your thoughts and answer your questions that you have about today's episode. You can email us at hello at art espousing or direct message us on Instagram at art espousing. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sharing it with them. You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. So have a great week and we will see you next time on the art espousing. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.